Welcome to episode five of On the Prowl. We're all in a little bit of a different area this week. You know, I'm in the Florida Sunshine Disney World. You know, they just listed all their mask mandates pretty much. So it's pretty much straight back to normal. Phil's down there at the beach, you know, having a good time. Probably too good of a time a couple of nights ago, you know. Ben, I think we can talk about that. And then Ben, man, that's one gorgeous view, by the way. Oh, man. yeah. I'm here in beautiful Coconut Beach. I mean, look at those waves right there. Look at the weather. It's clear. You know, I... Hey, you boys were going on vacation. I figured, hey, it's time to make a little trip myself. So decided to come out here. Beautiful view. Look at this palm tree right, right here. I see that little. Yeah. You might Is see a, a parrot or something. Oh, yeah. Coconut Beach, Ooh. baby. Better you know where it's at? Best kept secret in the world right here. It's a lot better than being a dirty myrtle, baby. Hey, he's getting down and dirty in Myrtle. I've heard some interesting things from Philip and Myrtle Beach so far this week. He's living Philip. it up down there. I get yeah. You know, I had a little too much fun the first day. I'm not gonna lie. So <laughs> first day, Monday, Phil, I to give everybody the details. Night. Yeah, Monday night was rough. <laughs> Monday night, what an animal! Hey, it can't be as rough as that uh, Sixers choke last night. That's all I'm gonna say. That was bad. I was watching that it, bro. Was... Trey Young destroyed, and like the Sixers just forgot how to play basketball. It was depressing. It was but the first. They said they were like a hundred. 50 something and O and leading by 25 points or more over the last 25 years. According to ESPN's win prediction percentage, like pro- win probability, they're at a 99% win probability. Well, Casey, yeah, the NBA playoffs are broken. It was funny because an Atlanta team came back from a major deficit instead of blowing one. So it was really funny. I know, right? Well, the NBA playoffs the are broken. Night, All the stars are hurt. Hey, man, this is, this is probably the most fun NBA playoffs because it's so wide open. Like, everyone yeah. thinks probably the Nets, but it's definitely if they're healthy and you don't know what their health's going to be with three guys who could get hurt any moment, and the rest of them are just fun. Yeah, I mean, I liked it when the Raptors won. I thought that was good yeah. for the league, but, you know. But even then you, knew the Warriors were, even then you knew the Warriors were going to make it. So, yeah. But this one, like, you don't know who's going to make it. Yeah. There's no telling. Something four, baby. Suns it been four. It would have been this. Suns. It would have been nice if my Hornets got past the playing around, but uh, dude, did you see that? Uh, did you see that Lamelo Rookie of the Year video thing with Miles Bridges? I did. He didn't even see it. He didn't even see it the first time. <laughs> did you see it, Philip? <laughs> no, I didn't. So Miles Bridges was going to let Lamelo know he won Rookie of the Year. So Lamelo walks into the team store, you know, and stuff like that. Then walk in, and it's like a number two, and it flips, and he flips a mannequin, and it has Rookie of the Year two on it. And Lamelo's like, oh, that'd be nice. No, I, Lamelo's pretty lost. So Miles Bridges takes down a jersey with the actual trophy. And he goes, oh, that'd be nice too, but they don't want to give it to me. Miles goes, bro, you're not even looking at it. Are you? Lamelo goes, Lamelo oh, well, I can't say the word he says on the thing. Oh, crap. Goes, yeah. And he goes, I didn't even realize that said my name on it. <laughs> so, uh, went, hey, kid, unless you're a million dollar athlete, stay in school. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was in school over there in uh, what was it, Latvia? I don't Nine, know what the oh school gosh. was like over there. In, in Chino Hills, too. I mean, I can imagine he wasn't taking much classes there in Chino Hills. He's it was just all basketball for him. I can imagine like LeBron did probably. Yeah, I mean, he, what, no, he it wasn't had, all basketball. They made him take normal PE like the other kids too. <laughs> they made him climb the rope. Yeah, he should have climbed the rope, learned to throw yeah. a football, learned how to do the V stretch and all the other junk they make you do. Yeah, it's worthless. Yeah, but <laughs> teach uh, me how to get biceps. 
But, uh, girls, on, yeah, curls for the girls. Moving on to some old Panther news, you know, because we are we do talk about the Panthers primarily, so I think we probably should, you know. Yeah, yeah, I know but, we're on um, vacation. Whoop, man- I don't know what's going on man- right there. Mandatory mini camps going on. You know, right now they had their first day yesterday, a few days ago. A lot of interesting What's notes. That? Some interesting things. So, um, Robbie Anderson's there. He's, did, y'all, did y'all find out? Did y'all know why he said he wasn't there? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I was like, because he, he said he wasn't at OTAs because he um, he spent, he feels like at this point in his career, he's better spending time with his personal trainer, which a lot of people did. I was like, that's an interesting thing to say. You know, instead of going to your receivers coach, you go to your uh, personal trainer. Do you think that could uh, be made of anything, or is it just little throwaway things? No, I don't know how I feel about it. No, he's a veteran. I think he's kind of proven he could be not only a number one in this league, but a really good number two. I, I think easily he's one of the best number twos in this league, and uh, I think he's got a point. I mean, he's proven enough. I mean, it's not like he's sitting on the couch at home and doing nothing. I mean, he says he's working out and he's training. I think if you're a vet, especially someone established like he is in this league, and you say established, and you're probably like, what are you talking about? He's never been to a Pro Bowl. He's never won. Well, he's showing he could be an effective receiver, like a really effective receiver. So um, I think it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. What it seems like, it was a deal where maybe they weren't even going to – they weren't even expecting him to be there in the first place. And uh, they knew he was going to come back when it came time for mandatory camp. So – I think it was just a thing that kind of got blown up and made a huge deal for just to make it just, I guess, just for media hype, just to get some papers uh, sold, no. get some clicks. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the bottom line is everybody's body is different. Um, we all respond well to different things, different things uh, give us those injuries and nags throughout the season, you know, Um and the bottom line is if your personal trainer knows you best and if you feel like that's where you show up to, to you know, mandatory mini camps in the best shape, then then do it. I mean, OTAs, you know, I don't know. I've never been around an NFL system much, but, <clears throat> you know, I don't think you're building too, too much chemistry there. I mean, you know, with your other teammates, there's plenty of time to do it all summer long. I mean, that would be my only really complaint. It's like, you know, the other receivers have not played with this quarterback. I get you have, and you guys need to all be on the field together, but there'll be plenty of time for that. So, yeah, I think it's it's not a big deal. Like I said, it's not like he was holding out. It's not like he's some punk kid. I mean, like Ben said, you know, he's he's proved in this league that he can he can hang with the big dogs. So, if that's what you think puts you in the best shape, then teach his own. And to your point, yeah. Philip, I mean, it's more so like right in, with, at that point in the season, at that point of the offseason – it's more so a conditioning thing, just getting yourself in shape, getting yourself in uh, game shape more so than anything. And uh, I don't think that's going to be much of a problem when it comes to him. Go ahead, Casey. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I think if it was any quarterback, any new quarterback other than one he played with, I would probably think it's an issue because you can never, you can never start building too much chemistry with them. But, you know, yeah. he has the chemistry. But, I mean, I just – I'm not a fan of skipping OTAs unless you're like – Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, a truly elite player who, you know, doesn't need it because, yeah. you know, especially because this is still the first camp setting with the new coach. You know, he didn't have camp last year. And I just think, like, you know, this this is a team that doesn't have many veteran leaders. And, like, this is a chance. I just think it's a missed opportunity for him to step up and be a leader, especially the first chance to play with all these rookies. I just think it's a missed opportunity by him. I don't think he's a terrible bad guy for it. 
I understand why I did. I just think it was a missed opportunity to step up and be a leader for these young players on a team that desperately needs veteran leaders on this team. Well, great thing that we got out of it is when he came back, he started waving at the media. So I thought that was kind of funny. Oh, man, you got to keep the <laughs> PR up. Yeah. So in another news, Ben's favorite player, um, Brady Christensen. Oh, I thought you were about to say Sammy D. Sam Darnold. But uh, Brady Christensen. Uh, Brady Christensen. Uh, so they said that they see him more as a right tackle or a guard, which are not Ben's left tackle. The real question is, what's the point of right tackle when you have Taylor Moan at right tackle who's established isn't is, you're decreasing his value by playing that left tackle. Do you think they just think putting Moten at left tackle and suffering him there and having Christian at right tackle is the best bet to play 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 week one? Because I saw something where it says Cam Irving's the favorite to play left tackle week one. Yeah. That's yeah, that's not the best situation you want to be in, especially with Sam Darwin as your quarterback. But uh, when I look at it and I look at the press conferences and what's been said so far. Um, I even saw where Matt Rule said, yeah, we're going to actually try out Taylor Moten at left tackle every once in a while. So maybe the, the, the way I look at this offensive line, nothing is set in stone right now. The only thing that's set in stone is that Matt Paradis is going to be your center, and you would think Taylor Moten is going to be your bona fide right tackle. But I guess the way they see it is if Taylor Moten wants that big-time money, we got to go ahead and see if we got we can get a left at least a left tackle out of this guy. Let's see. Let, let's let's get some value out of this guy. Let's see if he's really worth it. And maybe it's just a deal where it's like, all right, let's put him in at left tackle. Let's make him earn that contract. Let's see if we can kind of get something out of it at a position of need that's been in need for about a decade now. I Quite honestly, I don't like the move. Um, I would prefer them to try Christensen at left tackle before they start getting crazy and trying Taylor Moten out there because we've already seen Taylor Moten at left tackle. It's not really great, so – I don't like the move. I think it's it's just it, it's really desperate to me. It it comes off very desperate. It's not that he's yeah. a bad. It's not that he's a bad left tackle. It's just it decreases his value. He's not yeah. as good of a right. And like you know, we I think we're past the point of like you need a left tackle. You know, every position on the offensive line is equally as important. Yeah. And like you see with like the Colts with Quentin Nelson, they can move him to tackle, but it decreases value. I think they're doing that with Taylor Moan is they're decreasing his value. Yeah. Just because they think left tackle is this, it's less probably if anyone's more important left tackle, but like you're decreasing value by moving them there. So I agree with you, Casey. You are. However, if we really get in a stance where it is so bad that Taylor Moten is the guy that we have to have at left tackle and the fall off from, you know, whoever him to whomever it would be would not be as much as we'd be losing at right tackle by having, um, Moten at left and Christian center at right. I mean, the bottom line is it's a team game. you got to have the best offensive line that you can that can protect your quarterback the best. I mean, I don't love it. I would love for him to be on the right side, and I'd love for us to have a good left tackle. But if he's going to be the guy who does the best there and Christensen does a fine job at right tackle, it's better than having a, you know, a bad Cam Irving or whoever else I can't remember is on this roster. Because, I mean, this is not an individual sport. You know, the golf tournament, as big as it is this weekend, the U.S. Open does not start for another hour. So um, this is football, and we gotta we gotta put points on the board one way or another. We gotta protect Sam Darnold. Can't have a uh, Joe Burrow incident from last year. Yeah, and we're talking right tackle because when you look at the guard room right now, there's a lot of guys that they've been praising throughout training camp. I mean, you got David Moore, the undrafted free agent, is a guy we keep hearing. Uh, seems like 
every press conference, they bring his name up. And uh, obviously, I don't really care for him, but they like John Miller. They brought him back on, a, I think, a two-year deal, one-year deal, something along those lines. Um, and he's shown, I mean, he could, at the very least, at least he could be a starter. He's got starting reps. Um, you got Dennis Daly, of course. You got a few other guys. So that guard room is pretty crowded. I think they like what they got there. Even I mean, I know we necessarily don't like what they got there, but I think the way they see it, they got a lot of experience there. They can be just fine at that guard position with the guys they got. And uh, that's why I kind of ponder a scenario where Christian was, Christensen will be at right tackle, and then maybe it's a deal where you move Moten to left. I just, I just, I mean, like the offensive line, like, like it's just not good when you have your staple and you're moving them around. I never feel like that. Yeah, you move guys around. Oh no, it's definitely not a good thing. It's not something we want. It's just uh, you got to have the best offensive line you can put out there. I'm talking in general. You know, like, like I didn't, like I didn't even the tackles were terrible last year. Obviously, we lost Russell Kong, but he he didn't play. I didn't either. Yeah. He didn't play the whole season, obviously, but still, like, the problem is still, like, guards. And you can address that by putting Christians in that guard, in my opinion. But instead, you're going to try to force them to the right tackle and force your best – your only truly good offensive line. Compared to serviceable, the rest are just flyers. And like you said, they do love that David Moore guy, but he was an undrafted free If you liked him enough, you would have taken him or some team would have taken him. Yeah. I think, I think that's just blowing practice hype. Because yeah. an offensive lineman's good would get taken. Not undrafted yeah. free agent. Exactly like right. A, it's not like he's a tight end. It's different when a tight end goes undrafted. This is not like, or even like any position other than a other than offensive line or quarterback. There's a reason yeah. they go undrafted because they have a big major flaw. Like I don't get like you would have taken over Deontay Brown if you if you liked him that much. Yeah. Sure. Deontay Brown, another guy at that guard position, which we haven't heard necessarily great things about him from training camp. But. Yeah. So moving on to the defense of the ball, they are giving some tryouts to some guys. So a couple of the major ones are safety Haha Clinton Dix and kicker Zaire Gonzalez. Zane. So a, Zane, Zane. Oh yeah, Zane Gonzalez. My bad. Yeah, uh, two major ones. The, yeah, one, TJ Yeldon too. The oh yeah, TJ Yeldon. Yeah. I'm not forgetting a running back. Yeah. So I think I think the three solid sides. I don't expect Zane Gonzalez to make the roster with Joey Sly, but you know at least make Sly get better, not let him just sit on his butt during training camp and and preseason and stuff. Hoglet and Dix is probably the standout because, like you said, we need safety help. And then TJ Yeldon, you know, that back that Christian McCaffrey backup is still a very open position and TJ Yeldon has never been good, but he's probably more better than Trenton Cannon and Bonifan. Yeah, so starting with the Zane Gonzalez thing, I, like you said, it, Sly is going to be the guy that makes this team. A lot of times kickers like to go to camps because they're pretty much trying out against the other 32 kickers that are not going to make their teams because somebody's bound to get hurt at some point. So you're kind of trying out to be that first guy to get called when, you know, somebody gets pummeled or, because or someone sucks. Yeah, or somebody just, just trash kind of like how – was it Tampa Bay last year that went through like five kickers or some junk like that? Well, you no, can just was... bring up the Roberto Aguayo, Aguayo era of uh, oh, second round draft yeah. pick yeah. <laughs> hey, who was it from the Chargers at that time? Was it Nate Kading or Novak that um tore his oh, ACL on the opening kickoff of the uh, season? Novak. I know yeah, Novak, Novak had a very bad tenure there for a yeah, while. He, he literally went to go kick the ball off to start week one, and he tore his ACL. Like, <laughs> so the bottom line is some kicker somewhere is going to get hurt, cut, whatever, and that's what Zang was just trying out for. So obviously we wish the guy the best, but, yeah, Joey Sly is our kicker. 
as it results to Ha Clinton Dix, uh, like we kind of were talking about in our text the other day, he's better than what we got. Yeah, he's yeah. not what he was when he first got to Green Bay, but he's a veteran that has proved, you know, that he can play well in this league. I know he's kind of had a fall off lately. He's not what he was, but well is better than some of the guys we have at safety right now. So, yeah, heck, we'll take that. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Ha Clinton Dix thing. Um, people, for some reason, I was just having like a like conversation with my friend on Twitter about it, and then other just random people decided to chime in. And uh, the big knock they seem to have is, well, he was terrible with the Cowboys, or he was a liability of Green Bay. And my my thing is is that he's better than what we have, and he's probably going to be cheaper than what we have. So why not entertain it? You got a guy who's been a pro bowler. He's got the experience of being one of the best safeties in the league in his first couple of years. Why not give it a shot? And he's a guy you're not going to have to break the bank for. So you look at the safety position right now, you got Jeremy Chen, who's pretty much unproven at that position. You got Justin Burris, who's he's all right. He's okay. I mean, some games he's a liability. Other games he can make a big play for you or he could play pretty solid. And then you got Sam Franklin, who – uh He's, he's, he's kind of been encouraging when he has seen the field, but it's a matter of him seeing the field. He's gotten hurt uh, a lot in his rookie season. And outside of that, I don't know who else is on the team. So, I mean, I, at the very least, entertain it. Give him Jeremy a shot. Chen. Well, I said Jeremy Chen, but yeah. yeah. But, yeah. We want him a linebacker. Yeah, yeah. So. Or a rover. We want that new rover position that's kind of I mean, invented, honestly. <laughs> That that whole Cowboys defense, they just had a freaky bad year after Dak's injury and stuff. Like I'm I don't hold that against them. That whole defense was just young. They lost their they lost their best corner. Like they just had a bad year last year. And Green Bay, you know, Green Bay's a weird team. They seem to have players that fit their culture and fit their system, but then they disguise you don't. Not only that, I mean, the Cowboys, it's not like they made like great decisions when it came to hiring staff. I mean, look none other than the head coaching position. But well, the, D, the, the D.C. was one of the worst hires. Defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Defensive yeah. coordinator. Like, that was a guy before he came back to the league. His final year, I think he had his defense ranked 29th in the league. And like, somehow yeah. he got a job his, two years his later. Years, his three years are like 29th, 31st, and 32nd. Yeah, how did what, this guy what get a job? Like because yeah, Ha like, Clinton Dix was part of that defense. So, yeah. is it really his fault? Yeah. I can't believe Jerry didn't uh, – Say yeah, you're not hiring that guy. Sure that he's one of McCarthy. He gave like McCarthy like a chance, and he was younger. And I can't believe Jerry Jones allowed that to actually happen. Well, wasn't that a deal where like Mike McCarthy stayed at his house, and they like really hit it off? And it's like, you know what? You're the head coach of the Cowboys now. Well, I'll talk about I'll talk about the defensive coordinator because that's yeah, not yeah. yeah. Well, that that yeah. that that lies on Mike McCarthy. That was yeah. They kind of gave him the full reins in the off season, and uh, it's not looking too good. McCarthy like or sorry that Jones did that. Jones usually likes to uh have his players and his guys and exactly and everything. That's always been the complaint of Cowboy fans and other fans that Jerry Jones used to hire a GM. But, yeah, uh, and yeah, no, I'm I, really surprised to let McCarthy do that. I'll give I'll give Jerry Jones this. I mean, he's been a solid GM when it comes to drafting. He has he not been a be, bad drafting be GM. Bad. Yeah, he yeah. can't hire a coach. Yeah, he I agree with you, Casey. He's hired. He's actually drafted. If I focus on me, like just like I used to be, like he drafted and like turned the most like non-pro bowlers into pro bowlers with like yeah. counting the draft. Like he's yeah. an amazing player drafter. Yeah. 
put the. I, I actually really like their draft. He tries to coach the team, and he wants a coach that's going to be his puppet, like Jason Garrett was. Yeah, and he won't. He needs. To, he has fired multiple Hall of Fame head coaches that didn't do what he wanted them to do. Heck, Jimmy Johnson was coming off a second stage Super Bowl win, and he fired him. Yeah, Jimmy Johnson's now on. Jerry's way. Jimmy Johnson's now on like what Fox Sports now, just kind of yeah. chilling, goofing off of Terry Bradshaw. Did you know <laughs> Jimmy Johnson went on Survivor? I did not. Did really? uh, Survivor's still he's on, around. He's not, he was on Survivor like season 21. He was on the same season as Chase Rice, the country music star. Who still oh, watches gosh. that show? Like, who still watches great, Survivor? I don't, get take Survivor. I, don't, I don't take Survivor. That's a great show. Uh, trust me, I'm out here at the beach. They film Survivor right now. Very famous beach, Coconut Beach. You could probably hey, see where the contestants are in the background. It's, uh, yeah, they're, they're, it's a good old they're time. Struggling, they're struggling to swim. Hopefully for our audience, they're um, wearing enough clothing because it's supposed to be at least no worse than PG-13 rated. <laughs> Ben's making a man. Ben's making it tough, bro. Yeah. But uh, TJ Yeldon, I mean, he was never – he was probably one of the worst Alabama running backs to come to the league, probably second worst pine bow star, bro. Yeah, well – I'll say I mean, this hey, about, it's an opportunity, bro. I think he has a chance to make the roster if he comes in plays well because there's a lot of guests in the roster after CMC. Yeah, I'll say this about TJ Yeldon. Uh, he's a really good number two, which is kind of what we need right now. And uh, them kind of bringing this guy in, uh, what does this say about that room right now, especially uh, the whole deal with what's his name, Chuba Hubbard? Uh, is there, are they seeing something with Chuba Hubbard there, or is it just a deal where they're just kind of trying to breed competition? What are they seeing right now? What's going on? I think real life competition. Yeah. And that's part of it. Yeah, I that's think why that's, he does. Because that's why he's bringing in a lot of guys with names that people have heard of. Yeah. Like, respect competition and stuff. And yeah. also, like, if, like, say say he cuts, he cuts them, he, you know, it'll give, it'll give, it'll let people know, hey, man, I know what, at least what this guy is. And if this guy thinks better, then that can create some excitement, get some positive buzz going to the players, you know, because there's a lot of negativity around, like, those two positions, particularly the running back in the safety team, is a lot of negativity. And if you say, if you cut Haha Clinton Dix out of Sam Franklin, people might go, hmm, I, I know Haha's not what he was, but I still thought he's better than Franklin. Maybe Franklin's doing something really well and it creates some good buzz, some good positivity, and this can just got some confidence going. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the truth, but hey. Well, I'll go back to the TJ Yelton thing, uh, Yeldon thing. You, you know, <laughs> He's, he's shown he could be a great number two. I think he's shown he's got solid pass catching ability. And, uh, I mean, it, that's about all you can ask for when it comes to a guy to compliment Christian McCaffrey and be a number two. But, uh, like we'll I said, set in stone, I mean, it's right now it's just kind of a training camp competition type thing. So, but I think it's definitely in for competition. But I just – I like – like you said, he, he kind of is the same style as McCaffrey, right? He can catch yeah. the ball and get in space. So, he's not a guy we have to change the playbook up for. It's nice to have a guy who's a scat back and a guy who can run between the tackles. But it's also nice to have a second guy behind a running back as good as McCaffrey that you can run the exact same plays and truly just give Caffrey blows because that's what we need to do is, you know, give him blow on the sidelines every now and again. And that's a good point, Philip. Maybe we're not looking for necessarily a power back at that second running back position like I thought we were. Because I guess if you kind of look back to last season, you kind of notice when Mike Davis came in, the offense changed a little bit. You had to spread the ball out more. And the, the offense changed, I actually believe, significantly when you no longer had Christian McCaffrey out there because he got hurt. So maybe they're looking for somebody you can just plug in. The playbook stays relatively the same. Your offense stays relatively the same. 
and you can just keep on truck and pick up where you left off, uh, move off without a hitch. You don't have to. I know he's not going to have the pro, uh, the production that McCaffrey has, but he's like, I don't want to say McCaffrey light because he's not even McCaffrey light, but he has similar. He's got a similar skill set. Yeah, attributes are the same. Yeah, he's got that same build to him. All right, Casey, you're the host. What's next, buddy? I mean, so we can talk about Sam Don a little bit, you know. Yeah. Probably, probably one of the biggest throwaway, oh, my gosh, comments. Robbie Anthony goes, Sam Don has a new aura around him. And I was like. Yeah, I didn't entertain go- I was that like, too much. I was like, we're going here again with this whole, of course he's going to have a new aura. He's with a new team. Well, that's just what teammates say in, in press yeah. conferences. It's just like, it's like, yeah, he's a really good player. He's a really good teammate. And they might not believe that, but they got to say it. I mean, it's like there people reading into this way too much. People are trying to make it a thing, and I'm like, what do you expect him to say? He's he's still seeing ghosts. And look, I have he every had, reason. Go ahead, Philip. My bad. I was gonna say he had two ways he could have answered that question: the way he did, or the way Marshawn Lynch would have answered it. I'm just here so I don't get fined. So at yeah. least he's not pulling a skittles and just I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah. I mean, just like like Vincent, you gotta you gotta say it. You gotta. It's part of the. The business it's being a celebrity you've just kind of got to get up there go through the motions it stinks but you got to do it and look i would love to buy into it and get all wrapped in it because i it would only prove my point in episode one that hey sam darnold is a re i'm sorry my voice is cracking there sam darnold is a re-energized quarterback i don't think his confidence is wavered and uh robbie anderson I guess you could say it's only helping that point, but I'm not going to buy into it. It's what teammates have to say. If you see when it comes to, prove, to your starting quarterback, if you use that to prove your point, then I think you just, I think like you, you're a person who just like loses credibility in an argument. Obviously, not you're not you're not saying that thing, but I think yeah, yeah, say that I'm like you're, you don't. You it gets to the point where you're just getting delusional. <laughs> you're just getting delusional, and everyone can see through it. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of those big things that got blown up that shouldn't have gotten blown up. Like I said, the Charlotte media, specifically when it comes to the Panthers, we're going to see it a little bit with this Sam Darnold deal right now. They're just they're just looking for headlines. So speaking of Sam Darnold, he had a press conference last week, and let's just say it was not it was probably his least good PR moment since coming to the Panthers, and it wasn't even his fault. For some reason, they love asking players about if they've taken the COVID vaccine. They have He's not making. stopped. They have not and let like, up either. The whole, th- the whole thing is, like, it's supposed to be a private decision. Like, there's, the players don't have to tell you if they have or haven't because technically it's a privacy. It's, you could technically get in trouble for asking them if they've taken it. But Sam Darnold goes, no, I have not taken it. And he, they ask him if he is. He goes, I don't know. I want to do some more research on it, which is fair enough, whatever your opinion on the vaccine is. We're not saying what we feel about the vaccine, whether you've taken it, haven't taken it, whether – you know, whether you think people should take it or shouldn't people take it, it doesn't matter. This, but like, this, like, and everyone is going crazy on him. And it's not just other players. The Washington football team, did you guys see that? They did an article where, like, they asked. No, I didn't. They did a sports center thing with them. And they were just the key team about players not taking the vaccine. And Montez Sweat goes, I, would, I just wanted to get more research on him. I just want to get more research on it before I take it and stuff like that. And he and they and they did a whole article renting him. Teams are bringing in COVID experts for that in quotation marks for the people because it's still a relatively new disease, you know. So I don't know how someone's an expert on something this quick. And um, pretty much, and they were just like, and 
they're trying to push them to get it. Matt Rule's pushing people to get it. So what's your thoughts on it? And the NFL came into new protocols, which we'll get into after Philip and Ben's thoughts on the Sam Darnold and other players taking or not taking the vaccine. You want right, to go first, I'd, Phil? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm with you, Casey. It's like, A, it's a HIPAA violation. You're not supposed to ask. It's the same reason, like, you know, if you were a nurse, you're not supposed to come home and tell your family who you took care of. Or like my mom's a dental hygienist. She's not allowed to come home and tell me, oh, I cleaned so-and-so's teeth today. Like that's against the law and there's reasons. So they shouldn't be asking them. And secondly, like Casey said, it's a new vaccine. It's a new virus to each his own. This is America. It's a free country. Um, The problem is with this thing, it's a new virus and a new vaccine. So it's like darned if you do, darned if you don't. With this yeah. thing, we don't know the long-term effects of anything, but well, if that's what people the, want to choose. Well, you've seen the Johnson Johnson vaccines already kind of on the outs. Like, I think they've already, like, banned that vaccine. Nah, they actually, they found out that it they, – for some reason, there was some rush because people weren't feeling well after it. But people found out they had nothing – people found out, like, it wasn't the vaccine. The vaccine still works. It's fine. You can gotcha. take it if you want. Yeah, it was something to do with the birth control the women were on were, that were yeah. taking it, gave them blood clots. It was a combination of two. Anyways, Either way, that's is, yeah. why they have a point. Because obviously yeah. these vaccines, they have side effects we don't necessarily know about right now. Although so women's birth control you don't mess with, by the way. Yeah. Far, yeah. Like, <laughs> women's birth control is the, some of the strongest things you will ever take. Yeah. Ever take. Yeah. So, yeah. No, my point is this. is It's like these guys may want to have kids. That's the biggest thing is literally no one has had this vaccine and conceived and birthed a child yet because it hasn't even been out nine months so like yeah. maybe that could be the reason these guys don't want to take it i don't know so the point is the media just needs to lay off them let these people live their lives man this is the land of the free says it in our national anthem just if, if look you get your vaccine if you want to you don't want to don't get it just yeah let the players do what they want to do i mean they're going to have to suffer and we're going to get into it in a second all the uh more strict rules the nfl has for the ones who don't get it so it's it's on them. Just just let them live their lives. It's not your place as the media to get on there and tell them what they should and shouldn't do. They're there to play football, and uh, that's what we need to worry about. What they produce every Sunday, they're there to give entertainment to us, and uh, we need to judge them on what they do on the field. Yeah, I agree with you, Philip. My only point to this whole thing is that you're telling a world class athlete, these guys that know their bodies more than more so than anybody else. I mean, they have some of the – they're some of the most healthy – they're like one of the healthiest people on the earth. They play the sport for a reason. They get their body – they know how to get their body in shape. They know how to look like Greek gods chiseled from granite. I don't think a media member, a fat media member, or a guy that looks like he couldn't whip a piece of paper needs to tell a world-class athlete what to do with his body. You're ruthless, Ben. I love it. I love it. I mean, am am I not? Am I wrong here? Like, no, you're not. I'm not. I don't even criticize Josh Gordon with the whole weed thing. It's like, who am I to say what he? What he? I get it. It's against league policy, but maybe there's something to maybe. I mean, why is weed still banned from the league? It's the thing where it's like, why are we telling these athletes what to do with their bodies? Obviously, they know what they do to get to this point. I mean, they, they they're some of the most healthy people on the planet they look like greek gods they look like i, I mean I, who who are these fat media members to tell a world-class athlete what to do with their body i just don't understand it i do not understand it where is this coming from is this jealousy yeah. what is what is this whole deal i just hate how all the all the hypocritical stuff's going on like like if you like 
to me, the two worst kinds of people are the ones you think you, you think you should be forced to take it, and the ones who are like so anti, even if there's nothing wrong with it, they're still not going to take it. Like yeah. to me, they are the two worst kinds of people. And, and look, mixed. And like, honestly, I don't know what Sam Donald is. I don't, I don't, I don't want to know. I don't care. No, I told one is like, oh, she like that. It's also an invasion of privacy. Like I said, Phil said, it is against the law. And this was anyone other than a media member asking an athlete. People will be going crazy over it. Like, if, I, as far as some doctors going, why you? Why are you asking this? Yeah. And look, obviously, I I think it's kind of messed up that the league is making it very difficult for people who don't have the virus to get to the point where you're almost forcing them to take it, which I think is a little out of line. But look, if he doesn't take the virus and he gets COVID, it's going to prove costly for the team. It's going to be a very unpopular decision, and he's going to have to reap the consequences there. He's going to have to deal with the consequences. So if, if he can, if say say he doesn't take it, yeah, and he tests positive, and we're in a playoff position, yeah. roughly raw car position, and he tests positive, boom, for week, he tests positive after week 16. So he misses 17 and 18. Yeah. We lose both those games. That's on him. Yeah. That's, and he's going to have to look at his teammates and go, sorry, guys, that's on me. Yeah. So, I mean, look, all these Twitter people, all these Twitter geeks that uh, want to see the guy fail and want to hound on the guy and everything, well, look, there's very he's he's given himself an opportunity to do so, you know. You maybe you should be embracing this move if you're just Sam Darnold hater, because he's setting himself up where if he does get COVID down the line, it could be crucial. It could hey, be crucial when it comes down to our season. I'm not a good Sam Darnold guy. I'm not a Sam Darnold guy, but that's because I, I don't think he's a good player, not because I don't think he's a good person. Nor do I want him to fail? I want yeah. everyone. I want everyone to succeed in the NFL. Exactly. We want everybody on this team to succeed. We're just being honest and we're being objective, and we don't see a lot of people on this team succeeding. It doesn't mean we hate them. It doesn't mean we want them to fail. It's just what we personally think. We're being objective about the situation. Listen, I want to be celebrating the first week in February, that Monday and first Monday in February. <laughs> I don't care if it makes if, if people go. Well, you said week two they suck. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, we all want to be wrong. Remember, we added a week, Casey. We added uh, a week, second Monday. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's just, I just, I just look at the guys as they are right now, and I'm like, I don't think they're good. Obviously, the things can get better. That's the glorious. That's why. That's why you have OTAs, mentor training camp, training camp, preseason. That's to get better. But like Ben said, moving on. Unless you guys have any final comments on the Sam Donald, specifically no, the no. Sam Donald thing. It's uh, so. some more Twitter geeks commenting on a world-class athlete's personal life especially when it comes to health it's really it comes off really stupid desperate and almost comes comes off a little jealous dude it's just, twitter they twitter look geeks, like simps right now twitter they look like real world-class simps right now twitter geeks are the worst like yeah the ones you tweet negative and then like like the worst is like obviously we're going on tangent here but we, we like to do that sometimes make it more fun it's um i don't know if you guys follow recruiting there's people who tweet at guys telling them to come to their school, thinking that's going to actually help. <laughs> and, yeah, like, I, and, a guy, and a guy releases top four, and, like, fans will go, uh-oh, did, uh, did have Clemson fans commented the most on this guy's post? And they'll go, we're making a difference, man. Like, we're outnumbering, <laughs> we're outnumbering Georgia and Alabama fans. And I'm like, the recruit doesn't care. Yeah. That's what if kind anything, of- it ticks them off because he's got random – BS. Oh, you know those guys have notifications. You, you, you know they have notifications turned on. Yeah. Oh, they do, but still, when they look up and their like number on their screen is seven hundred and fifty, yeah. they're just like, 
don't yeah. tweet at don't tweet at athletes. Just don't. No. It's yeah. stupid. They don't care. And if you're gonna tweet negativity, don't. You can obviously tweet this guy played this guy played bad. Fine. Yeah. But like, don't tweet at people. So um, like they, like Ben said earlier, but Ben back on target. Like Ben said earlier, there is a NFL released a memo. And it's been a week of memos with baseball memo and negative memos, and now NFL's memo. Have you guys uh, seen some of these things? Do you guys want me to read out what they are? Uh, I well, did not, read out for but I know they're making it harder. So for... the NFL released a memo for non-vaccinated and vaccinated players, and there's a lot. So part of the, this, is, this is quoted from ESPN's article by Kevin Seifert. Per the memo, any player who is not fully vaccinated will continue to be subject to daily testing, mask wearing, including in the team facility and indoor and physical distancing. If corn, a quarantine, if he is, has a high risk exposure to someone with COVID-19, significant restrictions when traveling, including required isolation in the team hotel and relegation to a separate team plane, a prohibition of meals with teammates, a prohibition of social media marketing sponsorship activities, a ban on gathering with more than three other players away from the team facility, a requirement to wear personal protective equipment to visit a nightclub or indoor bar that has more than 10 people in it, a ban on attending out indoor concerts and other entertainment events, a five-day delay between, between first supporting the training camp and participating fully in activities, and vaccinated players to face none of those restrictions, but they will be required to test it once every 14 days. Uh. And you I know, also saw something where, like, during their bye week, they're not allowed to return home. See, this is where we get to the point where it's like you're kind of violating somebody's rights here. And the only reason why those protocols kind of stand tall and you can kind of keep somebody in check is you can kind of hang a contract over their head. It's like, well, if you don't follow these protocols, we can cut you or we'll get rid of you or you just won't play. So it, it, uh, the first thing that jumps off to me is that seems like a violation of somebody's rights. Uh, it's very, it's very ridiculous to be honest with you, but I don't know. Maybe somebody else has some other thoughts. I think it's just the whole thing's ridiculous. So my my problem, I guess, with it is this: the bottom line is when you get the vaccine, it it doesn't keep you from getting the virus. It doesn't make you immune to it. It what it does is it gives you the protein to from what this from what I understand. I'm not a medical expert. It to attack the virus and. The it point is, it's keeping people from dying or being hospitalized, right? It's making it where you get the common cold symptoms. So yeah. my thing is, we're just going to hypothetical here, but we're going to use the Carolina Panthers, for example. If 52 players are vaccinated and Sam Darnold is not, and we isolate Sam Darnold from everybody else, but they've all had the vaccine. And if the vaccine say it's 100% effective, right? And it's nobody ever gets hospitalized or dies from the vaccine, which I know some people have still had it, even though they've had the vaccine. How is if Sam Darnold's only going to be around those other players? Why, and their body's going to kill it off? Why should he have to be punished? Because who's he hurting? Nobody. If they've all had the vaccine, and if you do it to all the unvaccinated players, well, they know the risk of the virus. They've seen it. The media has covered nothing but COVID for the last seventeen months or whatever it's been. So. The bottom line is those guys are only putting themselves at risk. They're not putting their vaccinated teammates at any more risk by not taking the vaccine. So it, it's dumb. It doesn't even make sense. Yeah, I think it's just a whole nother deal where it's like 
It's like you're either pretty much forcing you to get the vaccine without really forcing you to get the vaccine. They're making it very, it, they're making it where exactly you don't have a lot what of, they're doing. Yeah, they're making it where you don't have a lot of options if you don't have the vaccine. So I, it's it's strange. It's really weird. It's creepy almost. It's really creepy. I mean, what else can you say about it? It's just weird. It's Dude, really my, weird. I know people, and I'm not going to say names for their sake but i know people that work at other companies i mean not big i'm not talking sports leagues i'm not talking celebrities but yeah. people i personally know that their company is like trying to force them to get the vaccine like yeah you can't do that um, you, yeah if you if you don't wear get the vaccine then you have to do this that and the other but the other people don't get to and it's like everybody if they're working with is vaccinated well why does it matter like what the is, vaccine's protecting the people who got it well it comes down to a discrimination issue I mean, yeah. you can really make a real case where there's some kind of discrimination suit here, and uh, it's it hey, it's you're walking a thin line with these kind of protocols here, especially when you get to the point where like you can't go home on a bye week, or you can't go to a concert, you can't go to a nightclub unless you do this, this, and that. It gets to the point where it's like, all right, now you're kind of violating my rights here, and uh, who are you to say I can't do these things in my personal life here? Why are you trying to control my personal life? And I don't think it more so the weird thing, the odd thing, it, I don't think it keeps your star players in check. It keeps the players more so on the fence that barely have a contract, maybe your third string players, your practice squad players, because those you can, you can cut thing. those players. They're easily replaceable. You can get rid of them and you won't take it. You won't take much of a cap hit. So it, it forces those guys to get the vaccine because you think the Panthers are going to care if CMC doesn't take it. And yeah, no, they're going to play regardless. Club, they're going to be yeah. like, all right, well, you're, you're taking the risk, and if you get if you get COVID, you got to answer to your teammates, but and they might yeah. find them, but this going to be a small fine. But you look at a guy like Reggie Cannon, no Trent Cannon, if he goes and doesn't get it, he's going to get cut, and you just yeah. toss that guy hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. So really a guy that might have really needed it more more yeah. so than anybody. Imagine, imagine telling Trent, imagine telling James Harden, no different sport. Hey, you can't go to the nightclub until you get a vaccine. Well, that's like yeah. torture for James Harden. <laughs> that is that is the definition of torture. Yeah. I mean, my thing is when they say indoor bars, what classifies as a bar? I mean, my point is like, say say a guy is married, right? Is he's not going to a bar, but he's going to like the local town sports bar. Like the town I live in, not that we have any Panthers players living in it, but, you know, we have a little town sports bar. It's not a nightclub. You don't have to be 21 to get in. But after 10 o'clock, I wouldn't bring in my seven-year-old either kind of thing. I mean – did they go in there and have to wear a mask? I mean, it's a technically a restaurant, but it's a bar. You know, I mean, we got a bar here in. Well, I guess you can call it a bar here in uh, Greenville. You could say this. I same thought you were in Cocoa Beach or Coconut Beach. I meant Greenville Coconut Beach. You know, it's, okay. uh, it's uh, not not Greenville, North Carolina. I mean, I, Greenville yeah, Coconut Beach. Can I cut this part? <laughs> cut this part. Cut this part. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm out here in the. Uh, I'm out here in the beautiful. Uh, Islands, the islands, uh, just pick one, anyone. I'm most likely I'm there. I don't even know where I'm at right now. Like my whole thing was like is like instead of like incentive guys to, to instead of giving guys incentive to take the vaccine, you're pretty much just saying take it or your life's gonna be a living hell. And you know, yeah. for for people that are skeptical about the skeptical skeptical about the vaccine, or they're a little kooky about it, you know, they think, you know. There's some flaws with it or just some weird conspiracy stuff. We start handing out incentives 
And when you start trying to like almost like uh how would you put it? What bribe force when you start bribe. trying to bribe people to get Big the vaccine, it raises suspicion a little bit. People get a little bit like, Well, why are you why are you trying to bribe me to get the vaccine? Like, what this this is coming off very suspicious right now. And I'm not yeah, saying man. I think that way or any of us think that way, but the people that are net a little kooky are not necessarily all about the vaccine right now. That's how they think. That's how some people think. They might be thinking It's going to turn them away even more with the incentives. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I mean, why are you... You, just further, you just further divide the people who are crazy, cuckoo, anti-vaccine. Yeah, yeah. You're not helping, like, anybody get the vaccine here when you start bribing people. It's like, this is, this is a really, really strange, spirited effort for me to get the vaccine here. Why do you want me to get it so bad? Yeah. Especially Worried. if it's somebody who's got the vaccine that's telling you that. Yeah. You know, yeah. oh, yeah, but, but if you've got it, why do you care if I get it? Yeah. I mean, it's going to, it's protecting you. Why do you care about me? But we're, we're kind of, we're kind of crossing over into vaccine talk, and that's not really my forte. And I honestly don't really care. So we need to move on. Still plenty I mean, of Panthers notes to talk about. Honestly, like, yeah, just overall, these things, I, it'll be interesting to see what actually occurs of those because. I think a player could file possibly file a lawsuit against those guys or something. Yeah, and so, I, I anticipate those kind of protocols changing here pretty soon. Yeah, I don't think it's going to last. Yeah, because it, it at the end of the day, it only hurts your guys that really need the money, which is really a shame, really messed up. And uh, that yeah. kind of goes back to last episode when we were talking about uh, guys holding out, holding out a training camp, and we were talking about there were some guys that. Or second and third stringers holding out of training camp. I mean, that's another deal where it's like you're only hurting yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, moving back on to some Panther notes, some final closing notes. One of the big, one of the good things is they did sign rookie cornerback first round pick J.C. Horn to his rookie deal. So I got like twenty mil. Yeah, like it was like twenty-two million or something. Twenty-two like mil, but thirteen mil signing bonus. Good hey, deal money for J.C. Horn. You know, there you go. Contract. This fucking contract, man. Those guys get paid. Yeah, and it's yeah. like all signing bonus too, which makes it so cheap because I like think everything's bonuses. Nothing's really a cap hit. Was it Joey Bosa who got like upwards of like thirty million, maybe forty? Yeah, that's bonus. because he held out. He held like, out. Yeah, heck, he didn't play the first like two preseason games. Yeah, no, like, he held out to the regular season, didn't he? I think he played. Like, oh, you're I right. Think- you're right. He did. I think, I think he missed, he missed a, a couple games, yeah, and he was still defensive rookie of the year. That's how good he was, but yeah, he got Those some upwards of like I want to say it was somewhere in like the forty million dollar like ballpark range there because he held out and played his cards right. So yeah, these rookie contracts they're getting they're getting out there. I mean, imagine what a guy like if you like imagine what a guy like Trevor Lawrence could get if he was well, to I mean, hold out. Well, and, well, no, let's see, it's CBA and stuff. It's really just the amount of money. Um, determined by the pick, it's like a slot value. So yeah. Like it just determines how much is signing. The only the only reason it takes so long is how much is signing bonus and how much is guaranteed. It's like non-signing bonus. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. But I mean, that's just good, you know. He's been in camp. They say he's been playing pretty well in camp, which is huge. You yeah. Know? That's encouraging, especially for what we got there in that secondary. You haven't had a great secondary since 2015, the Super Bowl year. Um, people want to argue, but I think it's undeniable we haven't had a great secondary since then so so moving on um uh espn article was released uh, a couple a little while ago 
She was yeah, I, yesterday. So I don't know if you guys got plus, but uh, I did. I, I haven't pulled up here. Okay. We need to go but back to it. Bill Barnwell did an article like the most likely to pass either all-time record or single-season records. And for touchdowns, current record is 31. Single-season With Daniel Thomason, right? They had the favorite as Christian McCaffrey. I, If I were to pick anybody, it would be Derrick Henry. I think that would be, like, your safest bet there, but obviously they're not going to break the record. And my first impressions on that is total touchdowns. Yeah, I could see it. Rushing touchdowns. I don't okay. see that. I don't know. No, no. Correction, correction. It is 31. It is total touchdowns. Sorry, correction, correction. Okay, I can see that. But uh, I, I think we got too many weapons on our offense right now. We almost – you would like to see them spread the ball out a little bit more. You would hope they spread the ball out a little bit more. I don't think you can, you can afford to just run the offense to McCaffrey to a point where he's got over 31 total touchdowns this year. You just wouldn't so, be a winning football team. Yeah, no, I agree with you. However, the only reason I could see it being a possibility is we don't really have a great tight end and we don't have that big physical wide receiver. So if there's a lot of times we have the ball inside the five-yard line, good point. it's not like Sam Darnold's going to make a lot of QB snakes. That would be the only reason, whereas at least like the Titans have more weapons inside the five. Yeah. So, yeah, so that would be my only thing. If it happens, hopefully it's because, like, DJ Moore is on a long run and gets caught at the four, and then we hand the ball to McCaffrey kind of thing. But, yeah, with you, Ben, we do not have to be forcing the ball to McCaffrey that much. But who else is going to score inside the five? McCaffrey's your only red zone threat right now. So that's a a great point. Yeah. Our other best red zone threat is Joey Sly for when we fail. He's got (laughs) to kick a field goal. Yeah. He's got the distance. We uh, he necessarily doesn't have the accuracy. He's that is true. That's true. He's he does struggle with the short field goal. So maybe he's not even as good of a red zone throw as I'm giving him credit for. He's better in the, like the 45 to 55 range. Well, he's still our number two option, and that tells you all you need to know when it comes to a exactly. red zone offense. Uh, I mean, the only yeah. also the only reason this ever becomes a possibility is a Sam Donald becomes good. What well, that means we finally find a good quarterback. Yeah. Hey, that would be encouraging. But look, it's you're talking about an article where they were saying breaking records, most likely to break NFL records. So I mean, I mean, they, they, right they, now, they, they, had, they had fumbles. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. they probably had a Zeke Elliott on that one. No, uh, Danny Dimes. Ah, uh, Danny Dimes. Okay. All right. That's an odd choice. I guess it makes sense. No, Daniel Jones fumbles the ball like an absolute madman. Yeah, I'm not considering that like I watch Daniel Jones. So, but. Uh, you don't like watching him fall on the five-yard line, man? I the five-yard like... line's tough to step over. Hey, no, this this will be your forte. Was Kelly Kerry Collins on the 2001 Panthers? Was that no. what it was? Okay, he was on the Panthers. He was gone time. by then. I think he was in New York by then. Because he's the record holder for 23 fumbles. Yeah, that was not the 2001. <laughs> I think our 2001 quarterback was Rodney Pete, honestly. Rodney Pete. Rodney Pete was not good. <laughs> Rodney Pete was no. not very good. He was a backup caliber player. Yeah. But uh, moving on, you uh, you said that was a Bill Barnwell article? Yep. Well, that seems to be a shtick here. He loves lists. Sorry, um, I correction. It was Chris Winky and Matt Lytle. Oh, Chris Winky. Well, I like this, Chris Winky. I like Chris Winky, quarterback. The seven-year uh, college pro or college yeah. uh, player there, yeah. 
Heisman winner yeah. at Florida State. All right. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. Was. Yeah. At what? Twenty-seven years old. <laughs> yeah. Some crap like that. He's like yeah. Brandon Weeden. Yeah. Case Keenum. Yeah. Case Keenum yeah. was college for like seven years. Brandon Weeden played minor league baseball for the Yankees. Yeah. Went back to college. Worst but, organization uh, ever, right, Casey? I mean, dude, right now we're pretty are. No, we're not. <laughs> not the Pittsburgh Pirates are a thing. That's true. Yeah, the, the Pittsburgh Pirates, they're an embarrassment right now. And I don't even I'm want just saying that because I'm a Red like Sox that. fan. It's, I know everybody's me cussing me. Yes, I know the Yankees are good. I'm just a Red Sox fan. So I have to I'll throw good. a wild card at you, Mets fan here. Y'all got y'all's New York and uh, Boston rivalry going on. I'm just a little Mets fan over here chilling at hey, Coconut Beach, my own you business. Guys get, you guys get Jacob DeGrom hurt, so I don't want to hear nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We we uh we can't give Jacob DeGrom run support, even when we throw the bank at guys. But uh, yeah, he got hurt last work. night after three innings. Yeah. However, he threw 11 pitches over 100 miles an hour in that time. The next highest guy has thrown 11 pitches over 100 miles an hour the entire season, and he's throwing like 100. His ERA so right no now is getting hurt. His ERA right now is under one, and he had three oh, no, perfect no, no, no. innings last night. He's incredible. His ERA plus, which takes into effect like lineups, the ballparks they're playing in. Just basically yeah. external factors, you know, like the difference between the pitchers of 1.2 at, you know, Petco yeah. where the ball doesn't travel and a got pitchers like a four at Coors. Yeah. But they take Coors, that, Coors yeah. is a terrible ballpark but, when it comes to yeah. that. Yeah. It's like, pitching. So they have a thing called ERA yeah. plus to take it into consideration, all yeah. that consideration. The average is 100. 150 considered very good. His going into his last ball was like 600. Yeah, he's – I think he like this is one of the few years when you could talk about a pitcher being like an MVP. I think. Yeah. But, and, uh, back, yeah. yeah. Go. Let's go back to football. Let's go back to Bill. I I could talk baseball all day, but these people are here for the Panthers. Yeah. So with the whole Bill Barnwell deal, like I'm not familiar with Bill Barnwell. He seems to be the guy that'll give you a big Instagram post every year on like ESPN or something, and everybody goes in an uproar about it. That seems to be a shtick. He's like Mel Kiper Jr. Mel Kiper Jr. He's got his big board that seems to be his thing. He's got the draft. Bill Barnwell, he has lists for some reason. That's why he gets paid for lists. And uh, he came out with a list ranking the NFL rosters. And uh, I got it pulled up right here. The Panthers were 26th overall. And uh, I can go into depth and read what he put here. But first, who's, who's I want to get you. Who's below him? I want to hear who's below him. Below him, we have. I want to guess, like, what, the Texans? Probably the bottom. Okay. All right. Oh, this is terrible. He's got the Los Angeles Rams, 27. I think that's – Rams should be top 10, I think. Falcons, 28. Uh, they have they have a couple they're, – they're, they're hanging around the 10, 10 is strange. Houston yeah. Texans, 29. Why so not 32? Pittsburgh Steelers at 30. That's interesting. I think that's fair. That roster is very old and very bad. Packers at 31. And you got – the Raiders at 32. All right. Well, this, this, all right. Well, I don't even want to talk about this list. <laughs> yeah, I know. This guy's like, whack. I think, I think, I think the Panthers around there is fair. That's fair. Yeah. But the teams and, below them make, make us way too high. I don't think we have a better roster than the Packers or the Rams. I actually think the, Rams, the Raiders, there could be an argument the Rams have a top five roster in the league right now. 20. Yeah. 27. 
their offense is nice. sort of it depends on how you on their offense. I'm not that high on their offense. I like Stafford, but like a lot of their weapons I'm not that high on. I'm talking about we're, we're below the Jets and the Jaguars. I mean, they literally just because <laughs> they got good quarterbacks now, all of a sudden they have phenomenal rosters. Like the Lions, the Lions' best receivers for Sean Perriman. They are only one spot ahead of us on that list. Like, still ahead. I can name like five Lions players on my shot. I can name a lot more. Yeah. All right. I got to check myself right now. I got to check myself, but I still still think his list is out of pocket. This is ranking the best and worst offseason. So my mistake there, I thought I saw something different on Instagram, but I still think he's completely wrong. Put the Packers at 32nd. That's the worst. Put the Packers at 31 and 32. What was so bad about the Rams' offseason? They got a better quarterback. They got a better quarterback for a steal and a trade, I thought. He's because he still believes first round draft picks are crazy that are, are, yeah, that you know. Rams, you know? I mean, the Rams are looking at a Super Bowl type roster right now, and they only got better. They fixed the, they fixed one big thing that really held them back, and that was quarterback. I think yeah, I, they got them one of the yeah. surefire number one picks who has actually proved himself in this league. He's just never had a team around him that'll let him win. Well, one so word, what, lines. That's all you need to know right yeah. there. So. Why, and why are the Seahawks not like bottom five? They always have a terrible. Offense. Yeah, it's still a bad list. This seems to be the guy's shtick, just stirring up trouble, stirring up clicks and comments. If he gets clicks, though, he's doing his job. So, so he yeah. put here. We're talking um, about it. Maybe this is a deal where I could put it on the screen here. Get a little sure fancy. Thing. Yeah. All right. And share. Ooh, boys, can you that. see this? It's a black screen. This? I see the square where it's oh. supposed to be. Oh, look, we're there on it. We're on it. Hey, there we are. Look at that. Me and beautiful Coconut Beach, you guys living up in your resorts. What went right? Okay, let's see. They like Hassan Reddick. They like A.J. Bouye. We've uh, made our thoughts known about that. We don't like either of those signings. So, I like Hassan Reddick. I just don't like where they're going to play him. Yeah, well, it just threw everything off of Jeremy Chin. That's our main point there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's A.J. Bouye, if he doesn't play much, and he's going to have some veteran presence to that, to that room that desperately needs it. He likes the J.C. Horn pick. Uh, he likes the decision to give up Teddy Bridgewater, and he likes the idea that we brought in Sam Darnold. What went wrong here? He's not excited about Sam Darnold, so he's already backtracking here. Hold on, wait, go back up real quick. Yep. The decision to give up on Teddy Bridgewater and make a run might end up being the most notable and important. He's not saying he's not saying the fan talking. He's just talking about the decision in general. So, right, yeah, got you. All right, I'm just scanning through it here. All right, he's not excited about the Darnold trade. Um, he doesn't like the fact we sent three picks to the Jets. Um, he doesn't like the fifth-year option. It seems That's to be fun. all about Sam Darnold, which you, you, and this guy and Casey would get along just so- fine. So I think that's that's a lot of people's opinion on the offseason. It's like if you don't like Sam Darnold, you didn't like the Panthers offseason. Yeah. Yeah, which, which, is, which is fair. So I mean, the end of the, at the end of the day, break it. At the end of the day, JC Horn could turn to a top the, the best the best cornerback in the league. Tommy Trimble could come to a good tight end. Christian could be everybody could be great. But if Sam Donald sucks and we think but he's good enough to keep us in quarterback purgatory. It's, everyone's going to remember this is a terrible offseason. And uh, here's another thing. He kind of shared similar sentiment with Casey here. He didn't like the fact that the Panthers didn't get Justin Fields here, which was something Casey was kind of singing 
writing home about in our first episode was the fact that we didn't get Justin Fields. It's also that, like they said, they presumably would have accepted a similar offer from the Bears and picked a potentializing first-rounder in the 2022 draft. Yeah. yeah. He still could have backed the 20 and got Darisaw or Greg Newsom or Caleb Farley, and and all three of those guys would have been great value at 20. Yeah. Especially, I mean, Newsom, especially Newsom and Darisaw. Look, Darisaw was looking to be a top, top 13 pick, but until Slater fell, and Newsom people thought was going to go around 15 to 16 and that would have been those two would be great values look you uh you, we all talked about the draft already but uh i'm gonna i'm gonna bring this back home here you had no problem trading later in the draft you could have got a justin fields and then maybe traded up back in the later first round and maybe got him got him like a run and make when it comes to the offensive line like a uh let's say what's his name what's the guy a Darisol or a uh, who was the guy that went? Darisol to... would have costed. Darisol would have been, would have costed a lot to me. Yeah, or like a Slater or something like that. But Slater, my point yeah, is, yeah. you made a lot of dumb trades. I thought in the second round to trade down, nonetheless. Why not make those trades a trade up? You could have done it. You could have had your quarterback of the future, presumably, and you could have had some pieces on the offensive line, or you could have got some valuable pieces on the defense. But that's neither here nor there. We already talked about it, but uh. Any closing thoughts on Bill Barnwell's little uh, placement here? I think it's fair. I think he makes great points. I think his list is, as a whole is trash. I mean, the Rams Honestly, being this I, low is ridiculous. I think we probably should have been higher because this is this is a list that if Sam Darnold turns good, it's gonna, we're going to be way too low and probably should go around top five because it would be a steal for value-wise. But if it turns bad, we're 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 too low at thirty two because we passed on two guys who could be franchise quarterbacks. Yeah, off the top of, top of my head, I can think of guys like the Saints should probably should, should probably be lower than us. Um, I don't think that's terrible all season. Yeah, Actually, I, yeah I, I, I never. Well, I they, they they don't look great. They don't look great right now, and they're over the cap. So <laughs> I would say bang, that's not a great off season. The Bengals had a terrible off season. Bengals, that's another one. Trey Hendrickson's um, a downgrade on Shaq Lawson. Jamar Chase of a penny still a terrible decision. I'm not going to throw the Jets in there. I thought the Jets made some very had, encouraging I, moves. Yeah, I thought they they had a top five all season. I, I thought so too. Yeah, I'm, they I'm definitely the, did. I don't even think I, I don't remember where they are on this list. I got to pull up on my phone I'm not right even, now. I'm not even the biggest Jack Wilson fan, but I think he's better than Sam Donald. And they're at least giving him like they're yeah. He has the New York Jets. At, this guy has the New York Jets at 11. I have too low. I have him top yeah. That's way Same. too low. I love uh, Saul. I think he's like going to be a great coach. Looking at it right now, where does he and have Jack the Lions? Are the Lions lower than us? You would hope they are. They're, they're one spot ahead of us. Are you kidding they were, me? Uh, <laughs> we were 26 or whatever, and they were 25, or we were 26. I will say this. I love the Lions draft. I think, they had a, I think they had a great head coach. Yeah, I think that kind of comes down more so what hinders them is that Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford trade. But at the end of the day, you did get first-round picks out of that. I mean, like you the said, Lions Casey, know, we value the Lions first-round picks too much. But the Lions know they're not good, so it's different. Yeah, and they know any pick and any extra first round pick is good for them. And you say their draft is good. The only thing I know about their draft, me personally, is that they completely screwed us and got sold. I was, yeah. I was they, ready they, to burn down their like stadium when they got. They sold, also so. they, also, they got Levi Ozariki, who's a solid defensive lineman in the second round. And they just they they built the they know they're not going to be good, but they're going to build in the trenches. And I like how I like building in the trenches. And they, well. We're running out of time here on Zoom. We got a nice little setup here. I think this is a good point to close it. Um, 
any final thoughts here as we uh, end episode five on the prowl um, here? Shout out TJ Olson. He got a heart transplant. That's he right. Yesterday. Um, keep fighting, kid. You're going to be good. Yeah, I saw he was dancing, shot, doing his thing. Because it wasn't looking, it wasn't looking yeah, good. Yeah, it was good to see. Yeah. That's so, what's up. So we'll see you guys next week. There might be some more stuff. We have some we have some fun stuff planned in the off season to get more interactive and stuff. Yeah. And um so we hope to be able to start sharing some of those. Obviously, hopefully some bigger news comes up. This sort of just a smaller news round this week. You know, we're training with mandatory training camps coming on. Uh and for the event, I'm Casey O'Neary. As always, joined by Ben Byram and the rest of the Pokemon. And we will talk to you guys next week.